Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Honey Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us, whether that's uh, streaming live on YouTube, on X, Outkick.com, and more. You can find us as well as this great radio partner. Our thanks to Walker Jones and Bobby Carpenter for joining us in hour number one. Coming up uh, later this hour, Clay Travis will join us from Washington, D.C. That's where he has uh, the Clay and Buck show uh, taking place the rest of the week. Always great to catch up with Clay and uh, get some of the analysis of the sports landscape uh, going on today. It, I saw his blood bank uh, guarantee for the week with, uh, with Kelly in Vegas. We'll have to ask him about it. Okay. Uh, we've got also primary complaint plus uh, Danny Cannell and Kurt Schilling. And a little over an hour from right now, Kurt uh, jumping on to discuss Max Scherzer. Been highly opinionated. I've there. been thoroughly bored by both uh, league championship oh series so yes. far, and I'm uh, rightfully also very bitter well, watching uh, the league championship I mean, series. Just seeing the Phillies, uh, I believe that are going to roll to a world title this year. You know what's fair though? Uh, I, I agree with you because I I really enjoyed the regular season. Yeah, and the too. playoffs have been a dud. I, you know, but it's been the the, the ba- offense. Baseball for for guys like us, and I think most people right now in America, when you look at the television numbers, um, football is so dominant on our brains this time of year. It takes uh, it takes a sledgehammer of a great series to really you, knock you off balance and it. get you to pay attention. Inning in, inning out, every night of a series, when the series are just sort of duds, other than a little flare-up in the Braves-Philly series that was good for about four days, yep. it's hard to get people's attention back on it. The Major League Baseball regular season was great because in May, June, July, when there's not a lot else going on, it was fun to watch because there's no competition. I, I think football just knocks it to the back seat to a level that to get back in the driver's seat of the national sports conversation, you have to be epic. Yes. In scope, in moment, in seven-game series. Deliver. In everything. When you flip over, you got to deliver. If you can get people to flip over. These series are not doing it so far. The division series did not do it at all. So, I mean, we can ask Kurt Schilling about that, too, when he comes on with us. But I think that's the problem right now with Major League Baseball. It's no... Not, not, not necessarily any fault of their own. It's just the way these series are playing out. Chad, uh, Charlie Baker, president of the NCAA, uh, took and faced more questions than just name, image, likeness whenever he was uh, sitting before the, the hearing yesterday, the 10th hearing on name, image, likeness uh, on Capitol Hill as we kick off our headlines today with Scorched Earth on Hot Mike. Uh, he also was questioned by three different lawmakers in regards to transgender uh, policy participation specifically biological men competing against biological women and the discussion turned into one of Riley Gaines Outkick's own and whether or not Baker would support the same policy that was in place in 2022 at the national championships that Mark Emmert was a part of enforcing where Leah Thomas was in the women's locker room, uh, dressed there and stayed in there without anyone being notified. Uh, Riley Gaines has been on the show and said, we didn't know until we got there that this was going to be the policy. Uh, 
separate and apart from whether or not men should compete against women, which is certainly what happened in this case, uh, the topic was whether or not Charlie Baker would support those same policies moving forward. And he said he would not defend what happened, quote-unquote, defend what happened where Leah Thomas is getting dressed and made women uncomfortable in the locker room, as you would expect. And went on to say that he wouldn't expect that to be the policy moving forward. But did not apologize to Riley Gaines, still hasn't, uh, on behalf of the NCAA, knowing that it made her and others very uncomfortable. And would not get into whether or not transgender males, females, should compete against uh, their opposite gender in competition, saying that he would defer that to a letter he would be sending in writing. Well, there was a letter sent in writing by Riley Gaines to Charlie Baker whenever he took over as NCAA president, which has still not been returned uh, in, in any type of format as in a response. And here we are, where he says that the policy of getting dressed in a locker room would change. Competing against women doesn't sound like it will. And it should. Yeah, it's... I mean, the, the quote from Baker was, um, I don't believe that policy would be the policy that we would use today. I really wish we could just speak to each other as humans and not like there's a lawyer present at all times. Right. Because that's what this is. I, I, I truly believe deep down that Charlie Baker, like 99% of the world, believes that men should compete against men and women should compete against women. Yeah. And I believe that Charlie Baker thinks it is absurd that Riley Gaines and other female swimmers were forced to change in front of male genitalia in a locker room. I also believe 100% that Charlie Baker is afraid for his life to offer a legitimate apology or to say what he wants to say in fear that it will somehow be used against him in a lawsuit from someone and that he is being trained by a lawyer or media person or something to say things a certain way. I, we live in a litigious society, and that is something that certainly could happen. And I guess if you apologize, you open yourself up for libel that you did something wrong if you're apologizing about it. I don't know. I just really wish that we could all treat this from a human and rational perspective and just say what everyone knows and what everyone really believes. Most everyone. Some people are a little crazy about this, but most everyone agrees with Riley Gaines. And deep down, I think most everyone agrees with Charlie Baker. Hutton, I just don't think he's willing to come right out and say it and offer a personal apology to her or anyone else because he's afraid the NCAA is going to get sued. If he does so, and that's going to be some sort of admission of something they did wrong. I, I just wish we could be humans about it. Yeah, and again, he's only saying that the, the policy would change in regards to dressing in the other locker room. Yeah. For making women feel uncomfortable uh, without their consent. That's the other thing. But beyond that, he's not saying really anything at all. And Riley pointed that out in her response. I was excited to hear of Charlie Baker's acceptance of the NCAA position because Mr. Baker has a reputation of fairness and for considering all viewpoints, he was an accomplished student athlete at Harvard. He has a daughter who is about my age who played sports growing up. Because of all of this, I imagine that he would be adamant about prioritizing fairness and the integrity of sports rather than 
creating guidelines that limit opportunities for females under the guise of promoting inclusion. And let me be clear, the guidelines he mentioned in this week's Senate Judiciary hearing are no less harmful to women, no less discriminatory to women than those in 2022. Without single-sex competition, there could be no equal athletic opportunity. Well said. And in an opportunity to say something yesterday, uh, he chose not to. Instead, saying more details would be in writing. We'll wait on that. Lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. It took 10 lawyer, hearings, legal, the 10th hearing for, to, to, to hear from in public to hear from Charlie Baker on name image likeness. So don't hold your breath on any of this. Chad, the- I, I'd love to. I'd love to get his actual opinions on everything. I'd love to get it in writing. I'd love to clearly understand it. I just don't know that we'll ever ever get that. I, I think people in position of that much power or in these spots, it's so rare that you get an actual candid moment where they give you their God's honest opinion on, on something, anything. And I think this is another example of one of those issues that is so obvious to virtually all Americans. Right. But people, for whatever reason, are just unwilling to say it. Yeah, I mean, we say it. Two genders. Yeah. Female, male. It's not that difficult to figure out here. Well, on, and, on the and Riley Gaines is doing a good job continuing to carry the fight of uh, what's right and, and what's rational in right. all of this. But, I mean, until the people in power are just willing to come out and say it and talk about the absurdity of going the other way with it, then, you know, I, I don't I don't know where we're going with it. Hopefully it goes the right direction. Check out the Riley Gaines podcast, Gaines for Girls, uh, available at outkick.com. Roger Goodell, Chad, would you like to guess what his annual salary has been currently? Mm, more than Deshaun Watson makes? Annually, yes. Okay. Well, that's my guess. More than Deshaun Watson. Uh Deshaun Watson makes what 45, 50, 45 to fifty million annually. That sounds right. Based on You're uh, better the with structure of this me. contract, um, Roger Goodell makes a reported sixty-four million dollars per year, and is worth now over two hundred million dollars, uh, according to Forbes. He had his contract renewed, uh, official made official by the NFL yesterday, an additional three years, so it is now uh, expiring in twenty twenty-seven. In three years, Chad, do you think there will be a organization, a franchise in London? I say yes. I say yes, and it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think another. I think they need two. You think it's going to be an expansion team? An expansion team, no, because I think if they expand, they'd have to go two. They would go two to add two it to expansions. 34 teams. Um, so in this scenario, if Jacksonville's one of the teams, you'd have to have two more expansion teams to even it out. I don't think they want that. They do, it sounds like, want a division there. Uh, and I think eventually we're going to see that. They want that global push. That's what we're seeing. They're playing five games now. They've got uh, the Germany stretch coming up. The massive fam- fan base and audience there. And moving forward, it sounds like Spain... And what Brazil are the next two in line, maybe as early as next year to get regular season games. This is where, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's getting guaranteed in his new contract with the Colts, $24.5 million. Goodell, 
at least 64 million, and my guess is it continues to rise. By the way, not every owner agrees with the payment and just uh, rubber stamping the contract. Jerry Jones has questioned that, but it's hard to argue what Goodell uh, means as the figurehead of the National Football League. They print money, and so does Roger Goodell. In the case on behalf of the owners, uh, yesterday McLean said he didn't. He, he thought that he would tamp down the discussion about Super Bowl in London or getting a division there or just a team there permanently. Uh, he's not saying that without hearing that discussion through NFL ownership because he wouldn't bring it up in the first place if it wasn't a thing. And uh, NFL owners are, by and large, they're, they're thrilled to go and play a game there because everyone's splitting a, a cut of all of that and the expansion of the NFL brand into a completely different country and market and audience. Who's got it harder? Roger Goodell or whoever the person is that has to middle manage everything before it gets to Roger Goodell, that has to get all the fires and try to put them out in advance before taking it to the big boss and doing all that work. I'm sure that person is also handsomely paid. But I do wonder what the more difficult job is. Being the top guy, the commissioner of the NFL, or being the lieutenant that's doing all the dirty work and trying to shield things from Roger Goodell. I don't. I mean, I think if the owner calls or uh, Goodell talks to the owners directly, that's that's one thing. I, I think that would be extremely difficult handling all of the owners that want different things in particular. For for they want Super Bowls, they want uh, the the contracts to be a certain way, or complaining about the contract that Deshaun Watson received or, you know, tanking for Caleb Williams, you know, all these different things. Uh, he's, by and large, he's fielding all of those calls. The, everything else would be the lieutenant. Yeah. And that's also there, very look, difficult. Look, there are, I, I joke, but there are parts of the job that I'm sure none of us could ever fully realize unless you were in his seat and doing the job of the commissioner of any major sports league, especially the National Football League. I think 95% of what he does, though, is just people management. And those people are the 32 owners. Is knowing the psychology of each one, balancing it out, making every single one of them feel heard at all times, doing things to enact on their behalf while not pissing off another owner and balancing that out, knowing some decisions are going to make one person angry and one person happy, and then trying to figure out how to make good on the person that's angry. I think that's 95% of the job. And I'm not saying that's easy when you've got a collection of billionaires with their egos that you're trying to balance. But to me, it's all just people management if you're Roger Goodell. And it's very clear he does a good job with that or he wouldn't still be in this position making the money that he is. Well, and he he dwarfed – I mean, his contract dwarfs the other commissioner's uh, salaries. I mean, it's well. It's because the revenue of the NFL dwarfs well, the other leagues. Well, right, but there, in in the case of the NFL, even when a franchise is valued at a certain billion dollar price, it goes and exceeds that. Um, you know, when they want Daniel Snyder out without voting him out, Goodell finds a way to make sure it happens. They find uh, an ownership group that, while they have to adjust certain guidelines and criteria to make sure they get this purchase through, at the end of the day, it's a six billion dollar purchase. And they just added a Walton, another one, to the NFL ownership group last year with Denver. I mean, it just it continues to roll forward every time, regardless of market. It's incredible.
And at some point, doesn't it plateau? Doesn't it reach the peak? That would be the expectation, but not if you expand to the new markets and the different, the completely different fan base you can build. I think they're just getting started with that. Uh, enough is never enough. <laughs> it's never enough anywhere. Manifest destiny. Here we well, go. And here's hoping that what Tom Brady is discussing with, well, maybe the NFL is just embracing flag football. That's where he believes that's where they're headed. We'll get uh, to that and more headlines coming up. Plus, primary complaint. That will be just before Clay Travis joins us in about 30 minutes. Hang with us. Hot Mike with Honey with her rolls on. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. What a world we live in, Hutton. It is. What a world we live in. Amazing. Hey, the um, YouTube chat's been on fire today. Yeah? It's been good. In what ways? Oh, just... Arguments or... I mean, uh, just huge opinions being thrown out there. Cool. Willy-nilly, left Love and that. right. I'm going at it with one person. Someone else is going at it with another person. It's great, but I mean, it's all it all ends very friendly. I've never had any inter- interaction in our really? show's YouTube chat that's not ended well. It's people disagree, and then they, in the end, they come together. Even with the porn bots? It's great. It's like a, like a South Philly bar <laughs> where guys get really drunk, and then they just go out in the alley, and they fight it out, and they come back in and buy each other a shot, and everything's fine. That's kind of the YouTube chat. You come back in bloodied, uh, black eyes, but you're yeah. still drinking. Yeah, no porn bots yet today either, so that's good. Well, whoever's in, uh, whoever. There was one girl from Belarus who awful. asked me, uh, asked me where I lived, but that was about it. You know, that's usually what you get. I swear on Instagram, I'll look down. I'm like, oh, I've got 17 likes of something on Instagram, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's Angel Angel Envy four seven eight nine six five whatever with like 17 followers that has liked every picture in my account over and over again every time. That could be a, a, a top complaint for Chad Withrow. I know it's not because it's not his top grievance of the week. It is time. Oh, it's not. For primary complaint. It is not. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for a Hot Mike's primary complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, clickbait. Clickbait BS that is all over social media each and every day. And the most recent example is something that took up, a, I don't know, what, 30, 45-minute discussion on a text chain between Chad and myself and, and Davey Hudson. I was shaken night. by the story yeah. when I saw it. <laughs> Legitimately shook. I mean, uh, so uh, Dove Kleiman, an uh, uh, aggregator, for NFL News, puts out this. Report, USC's Caleb Williams wants partial ownership from the NFL team that will select him in the 2024 draft per per pro, uh, pro football talk, if I could say it right. Pro football talk. PFT reported in July that Caleb's representatives had been making it known that Williams wanted partial ownership of teams or a team that would select him in 2024 if he declares for the draft. And then he sends a link. Now, in the original original tweet, or the post on X, you only see the first two lines of this. 
and then you have to read more. You do that, and you can read that going back to a report that he's citing from PFT in July. But this leads everyone to believe that it's an updated report based on what something or someone within the Caleb Williams camp has told Florio or someone else writing for Pro Football Talk. It's classic clickbait for a report that was out there prior to the college football season, prior to training camp. It happened three over three months ago in July that is now being reposted and shared and liked and commented on as we sit here a week before Halloween. That's my primary complaint. Dove Kleiman, who has been a guest on this show, Davey, I want him permanently. He has been? X'd out. He has. We have had him on the show. Oh, I don't think we not, have. Not since I, I've been here. I, I, oh, I recall recording something from my house with him, and Hutton was recording from home as well. We had him on the show. I I know you're talking about. I'm th- that one climbing. Him, that the, that wasn't climbing. Who I'm, was I'm, it? No one has ever seen this guy. Oh, who was it that we? Had? That oh, was Ari. I, Ari, yeah. Similar name. My bad. My <laughs> bad. Hey, look how I just did that. I apologized. That'll lead in my primary complaint. Look, I fall on the sword. I screw something up. I'm the first to say, hey, well, Ari, I'm an idiot. Wait. It was Ari Mirov and yeah. not Dove Kleiman. You can see how the names sound familiar. And they're both mysterious NFL avatars well, not that anymore. put a lot of news out. Not Ar- anymore. They used yeah. to be. It used to be my NFL update or my sports update. That's what Ari was running. And then Ari put his, uh, his, his headshot and his name on the account. And in this case, I don't know. I, I've been asked if, if, if Dove is real. Is a person? It, it, yeah. Like if if it's like a burner account for something, I was like, no, he's a he's Peter a, King's burner, a legit aggregator. I just in this case, I'm not going to click a on legit the legit aggregator. Yeah, that's a okay. that's an oxymoron. I mean, it's not a. Uh, well, he is. I mean, he most of the no, time. I'm saying, yeah, if you aggregate to something that's being reported uh, that day, not something in July. I'm getting fired up over here, just hearing, <laughs> hearing all these things. Um, Do you yeah, want to go Ar- ahead Mirov, on? great. Uh, Davey, keep him on the list. He was a yes, terrific guest yes. of the show. <laughs> Dove Kleiman, dead. <laughs> I don't know if Dove Kleiman's ever done an interview, but his first interview will definitely not be on this show. I'll tell you where he won't do an interview. It's on Hot Mike at any point in time. Again, I will raise my hand and apologize when I screw something up. This is what is killing me right now. When you get into an email chain or a text group, or a text back and forth, or an email back and forth with someone, and you clearly have them. You're arguing about something, you're doing something, it could be with a friend, a family member, a colleague, anyone, and they're giving you points, and you're giving a counterpoint, and then when your counterpoints become so great that there's no response to it, the answer is... Silence. Colin got scared there when he heard the dead air. Silence. (laughs) Silence. Crickets. This is the response. Tim Robinson has a great sketch comedy show called I Think You Should Leave on Netflix. Season two, first sketch is a really funny one about this political commentator who's got a, a YouTube show that gets into arguments with people, and the moment you start making good points, his whole thing is he gets really into his phone, and he stops listening to you. <laughs> and he's just, the rest of the show is him just there looking at his phone, slouched over in his chair. This has become a common refrain in 2023 America, and it's starting to piss me off. If you've been had in an argument, just admit, hey, here's where I'm wrong, here's where you're right, here's where we move forward, instead of just answering it with silence, 
when you get facts or you get truth or you get legitimate arguments on the other side, go ahead and acknowledge those. It's fine. We don't always have to be adversaries. We can work together. We can play together. Buddies, if you're in the group text, just because I made a good point, you don't have one back, just say, hey, fair point, moving on. Don't go silent. Don't ghost. That's a coward's approach, and I'm tired of it, and it's my primary complaint. Guys, there were several things I was debating on going with for today, but I've, I have decided on the Big Ten. Davey, I'll never ghost you, by the way, in a text. I'll, I'll always. If you ever, the one time that you beat me in an argument, I'm going to tell you, Davey, well done. I, I'm, I feel I'm like you're here. taking Good a shot that, there as if like, I've never yet? beaten you in an oh, argument. Oh, no, he's definitely taking that. a shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, when but, that happens, Davey, he'll tell you. When it happens, I'll be the first to say, hey, that's a good <laughs> point by Davey. Point, point, Davey. Well, speaking of points, a team that does not score any <laughs> is the Iowa Hawkeyes football team. And they're the big reason for my primary complaint because they are set to play in the Big Ten Championship. It's going to happen. You look at the team that's second in the Big Ten West, and it's Wisconsin, who I would just beat 15-6. to six. This is a garbage division, and whenever there's so much on the line for this year, and I know it's changing next year whenever you bring in the four West Coast teams, but right now it's just pathetic. And the other problem is I'm a degenerate, but when you look at the line for this coming, or sorry, the over-under for this coming week, Iowa-Minnesota, it's 31 and a half, and yet I am sitting here hammering the under. It shouldn't be the case in modern 31. college football. You look at the average points scored for a team across the NCAA and FBS opponents, there are 37 teams that average over 31.5 points a game, and yet this is the over-under for these two teams that have no idea how to score points. I mean, Brian Ferentz is getting fired. We all know that's coming. It's, it's tough to watch, let alone whenever it's a year where everything seems wide open. I know in the past we've had Michigan and Ohio State make the college football playoff, but the fact that we're missing out on another great game because – Iowa is likely the de facto Big Ten champion or Big Ten West champion. It just makes the product sour. It's no fun for the fans, and it's no fun for me as I'm probably going to have to sweat out this 31-and-a-half point under bet that's coming up on Saturday, and that's my primary complaint. Yeah, and I'll, I'll piggyback on that. The, just the, the Big Ten West in general. Oh. Like, this is your champion? This, this is your representative? It's just – Miserable that this is the case. They're 3-1 and one in conference. Wisconsin is the only other team in that division that has more than one conference win. Yeah, and they lost the head-to-head with them. That, that's what the sad part is. This team could go, what Bobby Carpenter said, I mean, they're likely to go 11-1. and one. Iowa, with that offense. I mean, there's no, do you fire yeah. the offensive coordinator? I know they have the, yes. the points per game deal in there, but. The clause, yeah. 11-1. You one. have to abide by that. I mean, 11 he can, and one. Brian Ferris can come back and say, guys, this is our formula. I am playing winning football on that <laughs> side of the ball. It is my job to get a couple first downs and I'm milk the clock without making scoring. making you money because you're betting the under every week, too. I am flipping the field, guys. It is Operation Flip the Field. That's all I'm here to do. It's not to score. Forget about that. Don't worry about points, touchdowns, field goals. That's yesterday. My job is to flip the field. Two, three first downs, milk the clock, punt it back, let the other team make the mistake. That's what we're here to do at Iowa. That's the rallying cry. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy to think that team could win a yeah. division. Well, 
Yeah, I'm trying and, to think and, back. And what, what, is it, what happens now as they move forward with uh, the four Pac-12 teams coming in? I mean, that's going to bolster whatever record we're looking at other than the top three. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I, the perception I, I will know. change next year, but you're, you're right, and it's well, been bad for a long yeah, time. It's bad. That division's terrible. The last time a Big Ten West team won the, won the Big Ten was 2012. Not good. <laughs> Not good. And that would have been Wisconsin, Wisconsin right? Yes. Right? Yeah. So this from Warren Sharp, Sharp Football. I just saw this post. Okay. If the NFL feels different this year, that's because it is. It's not as exciting. It's the fewest touchdowns since 2010. It's not as explosive. Lowest percentage since 2009. It's not nearly as entertaining. Largest margins of victory since 2014. And this he posts a deep dive analysis with surprising findings on stats for this year. Interesting post from him and how long it's been that we've had a year devoid of offense this level and devoid of close games Yeah, to I mean, this I, level. Well, it, they've had close games. They well, the percentage of close games. Yeah, so the, the, the NFL's pushing the competitive nature of the, their weekly matchups. And by and large, there have been a lot of one-score games. Uh, they're also, I mean, it, within that, though, they're counting the Rams – kicking a meaningless field goal to get it within one possession as time expires. Um, They're taking that into account. And they're, of course, looking at a lot of bad offense and what is perceived to be great defense. I I, I buy the fact that the Browns are really good on the defensive side of the football. Jets as well. But, I mean, when I'm starting the Rams defense last week in fantasy football and getting points uh, because my – other defenses on the bye, Chad, there's no way I should be doing that. And there's no way I should be selecting the Rams defense. But I'm doing it based on matchups against perceived quarterback play that should be good, that just frankly is not. And we're seeing a a deficiency on the offensive line. And I pointed out the scoring and the lack of touchdowns. A hundred less touchdowns than 2021 through six weeks. Crazy. A hundred. And we had a team score 70. In a game. Yeah. <laughs> With all those stats, yeah, too. I think, yes. Uh, the close that, games, that yes. Dolphins offense is letting them but hang in there. Why they're pushing this is because the networks last year complained and complained and complained about the lack of competitive games in primetime. They're pushing the prime... The primetime games haven't been good, but they're pointing to the competitive nature for the networks to see. By the way, I mean, we're still watching the NFL... Uh, ratings are solid, but the games and the products, not that great. And I don't know if they see this as an issue or not, because on the scoreboard in the fourth quarter, the game's knotted at 17 apiece, and a team's trying to break 20. Uh, when two years ago, you were hoping to keep a team below 30. I mean, that's not a good look for a league that has the rules set up for Offensive firepower. Not good at all. Chad, points bet. If you haven't taken your shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. Here's a big reason why. Exclusively, first time points bet users grab this unique offer right now. New points bet users can get up to $1,000 in second chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, points bet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com slash bet. Outkick.com slash bet. Complete the registration process with points bet and then make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bets come to play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Head over to outkick.com right now. Outkick.com slash bet. 
to snag this offer. Do you see the uh, the inmate that had a parlay, a 16 parlay, and $10,000 bail, and made bail based cashed on... Out. Ca- yeah, cashed 13, out over, over 13000 and ends up making bail on what is a crazy story that includes straight money line parlay of the Rams, Jets, Raiders, Liberty, the Bills, and the Lions. $13,466. I be the gambler on social. Says his name is Rashid. Incarcerated Rashid. Uh, I would like to offer Rashid a work release program job with me making bets for me. (laughs) Clay Travis makes bets. He joins us next. Coming up in 20 minutes, Danny Cannell will join us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Right now, we head to Washington, D.C. That was the site of the 10th hearing before the uh, on Capitol Hill for name, image, likeness, and the future of college sports as we know it. Clay Travis is there, up there for the show, and he joins us now on the show this afternoon. Clay, hope things are well, man. I'm doing well. How are y'all? Fantastic. I'm doing well, Clay. So just when you thought a ninth congressional hearing was going to get the job done, they came back for a tenth. Clay, you know U.S. government better than anyone that I know. So I'm going to ask you this. Is anything really getting accomplished at these hearings over NIL? And what do you think, just in general, about the concept of the NCAA going to the U.S. government and Congress to try to figure out their issues? So one, I don't know if you can hear these melodic tunes that are playing. I don't even know. It sounds like I'm, uh, you know, like at an easy listening jazz party um, in, uh, in downtown D.C. right now. I'm not even sure where that music's coming from. We're very jealous. Uh, but I, I think in general um, that what's going on is there is a recognition that the world of college athletics has changed and there are multiple different perspectives associated with how that change should be addressed. There are some people who are saying, Hey, just leave it to the States. Uh, and this is not dissimilar from the way that a lot of things happen and let every individual state make their own law as to what is and what is not appropriate. And for instance, that's what's going on right now with sports gambling. Uh, every individual state can decide, hey, what's the age that somebody gambles? How many licenses are we going to give out? Are we even going to permit it at all? Uh, and then there are other people who are saying, no, no, no. What we need is one federal response. We need a law that governs everybody. And basically the NCAA historically has been the federal response. They are the entity that sets all the rules. Everybody agrees to be bound by those rules. And they basically govern the notions of fair play and how the rules are going to be applied. And so what you're dealing with now is two different arguments. Leave it to the states. And let me give you like the downside. States can compete and pass laws that give favorable uh, treatment to all of the individual institutions inside of those states, which honestly is probably what they're going to do, right? And then on the flip side, uh, people say, well, that's not going to create an even playing field 
because the state of Florida is going to have a different rule than the state of California. Um, and that's where we are right now. Every state can set its own NIL rules. And there is now a demand that for competitive reasons, they need one standard of rule uh, for everyone. And I don't know politically what the result is going to end up doing, but that's really what the fight is over on its most basic level. Now, to your question, does these hearings, do these hearings make it more likely or less likely that we're going to get a federal solution? Um, you know, I don't know, unless something's changed in the last couple of hours, they can't even figure out who the Speaker of the House is. So I don't have a lot of faith that the Senate and the House are going to be able to figure out college athletics. But Travis joins us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Uh, keeping the lawyer hat on here, Clay, how difficult is it to set up a players association if college football players wanted to do so? And if it's down the road and it's, you know, certainly it's a process that haven't started. What, what leadership needs to be in place for that? And do you think we have a, a federal solution or a players association first? So the complicating factor on all of this is that if there's a players association, basically what you're going to do is negotiate um, some form or fashion of employment related agreements. So, uh, and again, this is this is the legal analysis on things, uh, and I don't think most people realize this, but you can't just say, hey, we're only going to pay NFL players $120 million per team, right? That's a restraint on trade that is an unacceptable antitrust violation. So how do you end up agreeing to have a salary cap, let's say? Well, because you have a collective bargaining agreement which is all of the players and all of the teams bargain against each other. The union represents the players. Obviously, the, uh, the league is represented usually by the commissioner. Uh, and then you are able to have an antitrust violation, which a salary cap would be, for instance, because you have a collective bargaining agreement, which allows an antitrust exemption. So I, I, I raise all of that to say that I think probably what would be the most competitive result is every team agrees, hey, we're only going to pay, uh, I don't know, $20 million a year for all of the talent that plays for our team. But the way that that would get applied, you would have to have a collective bargaining agreement in order to get the antitrust exemption. Otherwise, it would be a flagrant violation of antitrust law. So, uh, again, this is really complicated. I don't think most people understand it very well. Uh, but that, that, those are the complexities that are in play uh, that, that make a solution not as easy as you might anticipate. All right, Clay. So if you're the decision maker at Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher, given what's going on right now, three losses, games remaining, South Carolina at home, at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at home, Abilene Christian, at LSU, odds are, and Vegas will have them favored in the South Carolina game, Mississippi State, Abilene Christian. They're looking at seven and five if everything breaks out the way it probably should the rest of the way. 
given that Texas and Oklahoma are joining the SEC, does that make it more imperative for A&M to make a move if you're making that decision to move on to a new era? Or do they need to stay where they are given the changes that are about to happen? I think it depends on who you can get. Um, you know, I think if you are making a change on Jimbo Fisher, you have to think in terms of ceiling and floor. And what I mean by that is most fans always think, well, if we fire the coach, things are going to get better. But the data actually reflects that if you fire a coach, about half the time you get worse and about half the time you get better. Um, and no one out there that I'm aware of has a better resume right now than Jimbo Fisher had when he got hired by Texas A&M. So if Jimbo didn't work, you have to convince me why somebody else would work better. And you would have to convince me that not only are they going to work better, but you're so confident in that, that you're comfortable replacing and paying out $75 million to solve that issue. So um, I think you're right. I think A&M likely to go seven and five if I were betting. Eight and four probably top in for sure. Um, and, uh, and that is the decision that A&M is going to have to make. And I always say, um, anger is an emotion. It's not a strategy and lots of people get angry. And I understand it because college football and athletics is a very emotional related thing. Um, but I mean, I think you can point to the speaker of the house, uh, situation that's going on right now and say, look, this is what happens when anger governs as opposed to strategy. So there are a lot of really smart uh, A&M people. Uh, the, the, the wealth of the A&M boosters is off the charts uh, relative to the, the oil money they've all created. So the dollars, I think, are less significant in terms of cost than who the guy is that you feel like would be head and shoulders better than, uh, than what you've got right now. All right, Clay, blood bank guarantee time. I know you've got the fade with Kelly in Vegas weekly. You've talked about it there, but what is your blood bank college football guarantee of the week? The over in South Carolina at Missouri. Um, I'm not sure what the number is at right now. I it's think 60 and a half because I saw it, Clay, at 58 and a half where you, you bet it, and I immediately went to go bet it myself and saw that maybe it was your suggestion. <laughs> that, that moved Vegas two points, but now it's 60 and a half. Yeah, I still like the over in this game. Uh, South Carolina hasn't proven that they can stop anybody. Missouri has shown that they're going to score 30 plus pretty much on most of the teams they play against. Uh, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, South Carolina gave up uh, 41 to Tennessee, 37 to Mississippi State, and I believe 39 to Florida in their last three SEC games. I would bet a lot of money that Missouri's going to score 35 plus. Wouldn't surprise me if they got over 40. Uh, the offense is pretty solid for South Carolina. Um, I'm not sure what the team total is right now for Missouri, but I feel like Missouri's going to go for a big number. And uh, Missouri's defense has not stopped people that often. Uh, I think they'll give up 20 plus to South Carolina. So uh, the math on that still to me hits uh, over 60 and a half. But yeah, we gave it out on uh, Tuesday morning on the, the radio show uh, or the, the fade with Kelly in Vegas and also with the at, with the picture, with the points that are posted, uh, the picks that are posted, we gave it out on Tuesday. So I still love that bet. Clay, if not now, when for Penn State as they hit the road and head to Columbus, what do you make of the matchup and how are you betting it? 
Um, I took Penn State plus four and a half. Again, I don't know what that number is. I bet it early in the week. I think Penn State's going to win outright. Um, I, this is going to be a defensive struggle, I think. Both teams have very solid defenses. I think Penn State's actually got the better offense. Drew Aller, obviously, is going to have to play well on the road. That's tough to do in the shoe. Uh, but I think Penn State's better. Um, now, when, at, when is it going to happen? Well, look, I mean, I also think there's a decent argument that Penn State could lose to Ohio State, come back and beat Michigan, that Michigan could lose yeah. to Ohio State, and you end up in a three-way 11-1 uh, conference, uh, Big Ten East Conference division tie. Uh, we've seen similar situations to that arise in the past. So that's what, uh, what, what I would point out as one potential outcome. But I actually don't think the Ohio State offense is super elite. I think they got a very good defense, uh, but they have not really put it all together offensively. They were fortunate to beat Notre Dame. I think Penn State's going to beat them outright, but I love Penn State plus four and a half. I believe I'm correct in this. I think James Franklin has covered 13 straight games. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. That's uh, so uh, obviously that's going to come to a close at some point. I don't know when that will be, uh, but, uh, but you know, you get the plus four and a half. Um, I like Penn State on the number. You got a little bit of a leeway there, uh, but I think they get the, uh, I think they get the cover. Final minute here, Clay. Uh, the over-under in Tennessee and Alabama is the over-under for either team last year when we were at Neyland. Yeah. You, you like the under in this game. I do. I think this is a totally different game than last year. Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young are both gone. Tennessee's worse at the wide receiver position. I think Bama's significantly worse at the running back, the offensive line. Uh, I think both defenses are going to dominate. It's going to come down to whether Jalen Milrow or – Joe Milton hits deep shots, uh, but I don't think either of them will hit a lot of deep shots. I don't think there'll be a lot of points scored either way. I think Alabama wins a close game, uh, relatively single-digit game, uh, but I like the under more than uh, than either side. Catch out, uh, catch Clay on uh, big new kickoff uh, that's coming up uh, this Saturday from Luke Bryan's. Luke house. Bryan's, yeah, Luke Bryan's uh, property. He's yeah, I'll be on with uh, with Luke. Yeah, with Luke Bryan Saturday on uh, Fox with Big Noon should be fun. Um, so uh, should be a, a great weekend. Can't yeah. wait for the games. Same here. Same here. Clay, uh, always enjoy this, man. Thank you for the time. Enjoy DC. Will do. I'll see y'all. Clay Travis, founder of Outkick, doing his thing on Capitol Hill. I, uh, I I don't know what to think about Penn State, Ohio State. I, I feel like I would be heavy Penn State if it were at home. I would almost expect them to win the game at home. But because it's in Columbus, yeah. I like Ohio State in a battle. I think Ohio State wins a close game. I just I, I trust Penn State's defense more than I trust what I've seen from Ohio State. Crazy you know? fact about James Franklin, yeah. 13 straight covers. And they've won each game by 17. At least. Davey was telling us before the show, worst team in America in college football covering the spread. Go ahead. Vanderbilt. Oh. One and seven. They covered last week, though. They, there's no way. They, well, they have played eight, uh, that many games because they started in week zero. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. That eight games seems like a lot. But no, oh, it's possible. Coming up, we visit with Danny Cannell. A lot to discuss across college football. We preview more games with him next right here on Hot Mike with Honey Withrow across the Outkick Network.